You are listening to Get Real Podcast. I am really excited about today's edition because over the past couple of weeks, Dan, we've been getting some feedback from listeners who have been impacted by the editions that we did a little bit over a year ago about spiritual abuse. Yeah. I had no idea when we did those that spiritual abuse was so prevalent throughout the world. Yeah, it's all over. And that a lot of the same things that we experienced are what other people are experiencing as well. Dude, there's there's good money in having a cult. And I thought you and I, if we can like work on our charisma a little bit, do some self-development, we might be able to pull it off. Oh, dude, I was thinking this morning, it's so funny you said that, that never again will I join another cult, but starting one might be kind of lucrative. Dude, it beats working. <laughs> We're only joking, people. It's we're, we're just having a little bit of fun up here in the fishbowl. And there were some things that we learned about ourselves through that for us to do those additions on spiritual abuse. Yeah. It was healing for me. I think it was healing for no, you. It was cathartic in yeah. a big way. Big it way. really, really needed to be done. And I really am in awe of how the Lord is taking those additions and using that to minister to other people even a year over a year since we since we did them. But one of the things that we learned when we were talking to Sarah Beth during those editions and several other people afterwards, spiritual abuse, really those systems, for some reason, those who are narcissistic latch on to and take advantage of empaths. Yeah. Now empaths are more than just a character in Guardians of the Galaxy that can feel other people's feelings with strange antenna and putting hands on them and doing that. But empaths are people who have the ability to sense other people's emotions. So I figured what I would do is read out some of the characteristics of empaths to see if any of our listeners can identify with this. Empaths take on other people's emotions as their own. They experience sudden overwhelming emotions in public. I've had that happen when I've gone shopping to stores and I can't wait to get out of some places because I start to feel really strange. You can quickly pick up on the vibe or the atmosphere in a room and the vibe affects you. You understand where others are coming from. You're walking lie detectors. I think you can relate to that one, yeah. Dan. And empaths have strong creative streaks and are adept at expressing themselves. So most empaths are highly artistic. They have a very strong artistic stream. Today we have on with us someone who went through some of the same things that we did in Voldemort's playground. Don't want to talk about that too much. Don't want to focus on that, but I want to focus on where they're at now. And one of the things that I've been noticing is that people who have left where we came from are now moving in their spiritual gifts. It's all kind of happening at the same time, the way God has it. The healing process has been taking place. We have on with us our good friend, Cynthia, and she goes under the name Cynthia K with recording. Cynthia, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? We are doing quite well over here. We're enjoying a nice afternoon in the in the fishbowl. Huh? <laughs> Cynthia, uh, we know that you have a very creative streak, that you're very adept at expressing yourself. In any of those other characteristics of empaths, can you relate to any of those other characteristics? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can totally relate to, you know, quickly picking up on the vibe, you know, or the atmosphere in a room. And it absolutely affects me. I mean, greatly. You know, I think God's given me some level of discernment there. And so that's probably why it affects me. But also, I can easily take on other people's emotions as my own. 
you know, for me in that, I think I have, I believe, a gift of mercy. And so I really do feel other people's pain. And hopefully that'll lead me to a place of prayer. When you sense the vibe in a room, what are some of the emotions that you feel on the inside? Are these physical emotions that you feel? Do you sometimes feel sick? Do you sometimes feel like you're being clustered in, you know, like the walls are coming in around you? How does that affect you? Well, it depends on what the vibe is. If it's super negative, you know, like somebody trying to be controlling or manipulative, I would say it's kind of a combination of fear and maybe even some anger because I hate that. I hate being manipulated. But if it's a good vibe, I'm I'm ready to go with it. You know, I'm like, let's go. Let's party. Let's have fun. So here's the $64,000 question. What is your vibe right now? <laughs> She's not I, in a room. I'm totally excited. All right. I, I really am. I'm totally excited that God could potentially use something that I've been through in my life for good. Because it's not just a cliche saying that God can take something, you know, bad and make it good. It's really real. He has this way of doing it. And I still don't understand it. But I just stand amazed at the fact that he can take these ugly things in my life and just turn them around for good somehow. That's good. One of the reasons why we brought you on is because you're starting to be released in your gift of music and singing and songwriting. And we're going to talk about that in a few minutes, a little bit more in detail about what you've put out for the public to listen to and to minister to others with. But I did not know when we were at Voldemort's playground that you were so gifted with music. I had no idea because, as you know, when we were there, there were the chosen, the chosen ones and uh-huh. just kind of pushed over to the side. When was it that you've discovered that you had a gift for music, singing, songwriting, playing guitar? Was that before you wound up at Voldemort's playground, while you were there or afterwards? When was that? Actually, um, I've been writing and singing and actually sitting on my bed. I can remember as a young child, probably 10 years old, just trying to pick my guitar and sing songs to God. You know, I always knew God was real from the, you know, from the time I can remember. And so, yeah, I would just sing to God in the way that I knew how to, you know, just kind of trying to have some kind of communion with him, I guess, just acknowledging that he was real. But I would say that probably most of the music that I've written that had any spiritual depth was actually written during that time in the spiritually abusive system. Really? Mm-hmm. Which is amazing because it tells me of the faithfulness of God. I mean, if you think about it, God was so faithful in spite of all that was going on in that place because God knows our hearts and he knew that I loved him and he spoke to me in many ways during that time. And I believe uh, actually a lot of the songs came out of times of intense prayer with him. And it just goes to prove that even though we had a strong hand of leadership in a manipulative way on our lives, God still was faithful. God was still speaking. You know, looking back, Cynthia, I get it because even for Dan and I, we started to get real when we were there as well, when we were on terrestrial mm-hmm. radio. Mm-hmm. I was on, I don't want to talk about it too much because I want the tapes burned, but I was on television. It's <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. Yeah, I mean, it was good despite the ugly jacket and tie that I was wearing most of the time. You know, but <laughs> you weren't ready for the, to crush the catwalk, but it was, it, was, it was good. No, it was good. It was good to me. I still have some of those tapes. You we had might. people that appreciated 
the the TV show. There yes. was some good stuff in that. Well, even we did the TV show in 99 and 2000. 1999 to 2000 was pretty much the run. And a little bit after 9-11, we did the TV show. And it was like 10 years later, I ran into a lady at the hospital. I had people recognize yep. me. Yep, that recognized <laughs> me and told me that they watched the show all the time. And yeah. my wife was like, what did you do before we got married? I was like, well, I was, I'm a TV star, baby. <laughs> you got to get down. I'm only kidding. I'm just joking. No, I, I remember um, Cynthia's music. I remember yeah. your gifted voice and your writing and, and a lot of different things. Yeah, that's it's interesting, Cynthia, from a creative perspective, sometimes going through unpleasantries, let's just put it that way, it will really invoke a creative response. It'll be a blessing that like you're under stress or you're struggling or you got something going on and it'll really hash out like a new creative material. Yeah, yeah. Did you at any time when you were there and we'll call it the cult to make it easier for people to understand. It's one syllable. Cult, one syllable. That you felt, and not we're not talking about the Blue Oyster cult. We're talking about another cult. Um, <laughs> um, did you feel frustrated in not being able to release your gifting as much as you desired to on the inside? Were there any points of frustration while you were there? Yeah, I mean, I, I was frustrated. Um, I guess, you know, looking at it at that moment, though, I just kind of was kind of following what I thought was right. And in my mind, submitting to leadership and those who were over me and so I always kind of felt like I was thinking about this and I always kind of felt like second fiddle in other words I was able to sing I was allowed to sing and I was even able to share some of my songs but it always felt very restrained you know Mm -hmm. I don't think I really had an opportunity to express what the Holy Spirit was wanting me to express. And certainly, I don't think that I had the opportunity to actually lead in any kind of uh, God-given authority that God would have wanted me to have at that time during maybe a worship song and to release the giftings that the Holy Spirit wanted me to release. I would describe that as spiritual censorship. That's the way that I would describe that. We're going to let you up here so long as you do it this way. Don't right. get too crazy with it. And then we're going to, you know, move you to the side and bring out the ones that are authorized. But you know what? It, it was a little more complex than that, I think, Glenn. It, because even if right then you were so conditioned and kind of bra- brainwashed in a way that even if somebody left you alone, I think we still would have botted it out, you know, and kind of censored ourselves. So yeah. I agree with you, but I think yeah, it was like right. it was altering in that sense that I think that if I was alone, I'm like, man, I'm free. I can do whatever I want. They're still in the background. They're yeah. still implanted in your psyche a little bit. I think that took two to five years. And, you know, I still deal with that. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I probably yeah. do, too. But I'm not going to be as real as you just because it's the Get Real program. I'm holding back. <laughs> I'm not going to be vulnerable. I just don't want to let people in. No, I agree with you totally. No, it's, it's something, and you, it's so conditioned in you that you have to battle through it. And sometimes you don't even realize that's what you're battling through. Some refer to it as complex PTSD. Yeah. And wow. it's the difference between like, oh no, I got mugged or I saw combat. Um, and that's PTSD. Complex PTSD is more elaborate and more repetitive. It may be little traumas over and over and over and over again, and it it subsequently um, ends up being a type of long-term conditioning that you do have to get out of or get therapy for or just heal up by the Lord, you know. Wow. I read a little. Without question, 
God's word doesn't return void. And this is something that some of our listeners have struggled with that have been in these systems because some of them, like me, got saved at a place like that where it's very abusive, very controlling. God, the gospel is the gospel. You're not going to change that. God's word does not return void. God's going to do what he's going to do. He's going to meet you where you're at. As you said, Cynthia, he knows your heart. Uh-huh. And one of the things that I've had to do personally, and I, I'm going to speak for me here, is I've had to go through everything that I've learned while I was there and kind of separate what was truth and what was narcissistic babble is what I'll call it. Mm. Narcissistic babble to control. Because there was a lot of truth. A lot of truth. Exactly. A lot. A lot of truth. Cynthia, what are some of the truths that you learned that you were there that you've held on to, especially in terms of your gifting with music? Well, um, I believe that God has given me the gift of evangelism, and I can tell you for sure that the the cult that we were in had a very clear handle on the gospel. And Absolutely. And me, I've noticed uh, since I've been out of that cult that not every Christian really understands fully how to at least articulate the gospel. Definitely, they know the Lord. But so I would say that that's one thing that I'm really, really thankful for. I feel like I you know, it would be hard to go there and not understand the gospel, which is something that makes it very hard when you leave an abusive cult like the one that we were in, because it was a gospel teaching cult. And so you had to come to grips with, this is not this kind of a cult, it's a mind control cult. So Mm -hmm. it was different, but I was definitely thankful for that, and I still am. And the other thing that I'm thankful for is the worship. Um, I have to say that those of us who were in this, we understood the difference between praise and high praise. And I don't see that a lot out here. It's it's out here. It is definitely out here. But we entered into the presence of God in a way that was pretty amazing. Um, and then there were times when you just knew, I'm in the Holy of Holies. I'm really experiencing God's presence. and And it taught me that it's okay to be exuberant. You know, we, we dance before the Lord, and I mm-hmm. think that's totally appropriate. You know, I still take that with me, you know. And so I would say those are the two things that are probably the strongest things that I took away from that was a good knowledge of the gospel. And also, it really shaped the way that I now am able to worship God in freedom it shaped that and and let me know that it's not only okay, but it's a good thing to give your all to God in worship. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it just goes to show that even though some of our listeners might be experiencing what we're talking about, they might still be in a organization or a church where it's abusive. Not all of it's for naught. Even the ones that have left, I know some of them question, it's like, well, why did I waste you know, 10, 13 years, five years, two years of my life doing this set back i would even recommend to sit down and write down the things that were truth that you got out of it and start separating the truth from the lies and that's the next question i wanted to ask you cynthia what are some of the lies that you've had to cast off from that experience i'm sure we could do like two thousand podcast editions on that yeah exactly how how long do we have Um, (laughs) i would say really probably there's several lies uh one of them was that you know, I have to please leadership to somehow gain some level of acceptance or even to express my own leadership that's God-given 
or my own giftings, that that all is kind of tied to the fact that I have to please leadership in order to do it. So it's kind of a performance thing. And it's a lie. It is a total lie. I only have to please one person, and that's God himself. And uh, I understand there's a, an appropriate, you know, submitting to leadership and so forth. But the idea of it is I don't have to please them. I have to please God. And if there's a choice, it's going to be God every time. The other lie is that as a woman, this is a big one, mm-hmm. I'm under my husband. And so I'm kind of on a needs to know basis or, or here we go, less talented or able to exercise any level of God-given authority. And the truth of it is, is that we're called to be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Yes. So we were taught the women submit, okay, but we weren't taught men love your wives as Christ loved the church. Mm-hmm. So that's something that when I learned the truth of that, it really helped Rich and I in our relationship because I was being suppressed of really being able to express things you yes. know, uh, the way that, that I think was appropriate. That would be one. Um, also, the other thing, uh, you know, we were taught that a church body had to be a certain building and it had to look a certain way. It had to be all about the structure and and the whole pay scale of the pastors and all of that. But the truth is that I've learned is that a good solid home group fellowship is totally fine because really the issue is having a body of believers together, breaking bread together, having fellowship and being taught the word. It doesn't say it has to look a certain way. We were taught that that was rebellion. Right. If you did that. If right. you had a quote home group, that was really bad and those people were in rebellion and the truth is it's not necessarily rebellious no cynthia i remember an afternoon where you me and another member of the church we got together to have a bible study i believe it was at your apartment and in the middle of the bible study i got a phone call from the leadership asking me whose authority i was under to be able to do that Mm. and that totally blew my mind i was like well we're studying the word what's what's wrong with that I had no idea that it had to be under a certain authority or a certain person to do that, which it doesn't. Yeah. It, it it doesn't. That's right. And I'd love to go back and talk about your husband because he's played a major role in you being able to release your gifts in supporting you. We've known Rich for and you for decades, <laughs> really, if you think about it. <laughs> Time flies when you're having fun, doesn't it? but uh how has how has your relationship with rich how has that been able to help you move forward in both healing and the release of your giftings you know god knows what he's doing rich and i are pretty much i would say almost exact opposites from one another but i will say this one thing about rich is he is so incredibly faithful he has a heart for god he's been a great example you know, in my life. And also he's been very supportive through this journey of healing because there's been a lot of times when, you know, I just had to cry on his shoulder, you know, and uh, he was, he's a very good listener. So he was able to just sit there and listen to me and he loved me through it all. And the other thing is the way that the leadership and the cult wanted to suppress me as a woman, that that's nothing like him. He wants me to be free and he doesn't mind. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't mind at all. He actually wants that for me. He wants me to be able to release my giftings before the Lord. And so it's just, he's been great. He's been a really, really good influence in my life. I like what you're saying about 
the suppression of women in the cult, how that occurs there. And that's a common theme through a lot of churches that aren't even classified as a cult. There's a suppression and an oppression there. And if you go and you take a look at what Proverbs 31 really says about a godly woman, they are go-getters. Mm-hmm. Not that That's I'm 100% qualified to talk about that because I am not, you know, I'm a guy. But when you, when you read that, they are go-getters. They are warriors. They are doers. They succeed in business. They do all of these things. And then when you take a look at these oppressive systems, it's the total opposite of what scripture is saying for 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 a godly woman to be i'd encourage yeah. all of our listeners both male and female to go back and read what proverbs 31 really says and it ain't what the western church has been teaching you the majority of it it's not what it's been teaching you at all and that's one of the reasons i get excited about seeing you coming out from a system like that being able to release your gifts but not just release your gifts but release them with a spirit of excellence uh the way you perform the way you sing the way things are put together it's just beautiful it's excellent it's uh you know i'm going to use the the term very professional and very very polished with what you do thank you so thank you with um spiritual gifts one of the things that i've learned is people have these primary gifts that are the ones that come to the forefront and then as you're moving in the gifting that's at the forefront you start to discover that the there are these other gifts that god's given you that kind of support that gift what are some other spiritual gifts that you've realized that you had that you didn't know as you've been moving freely in the gift of music yeah um this is this is an interesting thing because um I was looking back over uh, a spiritual gifts analysis test that I took, and it said my primary gift is music. <laughs> <laughs> really? Shock! Yeah. <laughs> Stop the presses! <laughs> <laughs> secondary is writing, okay. and tertiary is evangelism and faith. Um, and, but here's an interesting thing. I would say it's been about eight months ago. I went to a ladies' retreat with a bunch of really strong, godly Christian women. And uh, the whole goal was to find out what is God calling you to in this season of your life. And I knew immediately I needed to go to Mm -hmm. that. Um, But when I went, the whole focus was to get alone with the Holy Spirit each day. And we would go off by ourselves with the Lord and just write what he was showing us. And at the end of this retreat, uh, it was very intense and it lasted uh, three weeks for three different sessions. God showed me very clearly my call was to help others find hope and healing in God's presence. Oh, wow. And the primary way is through leading worship. However, he also showed me that it's through intercession, it's through evangelism, it's through testimonies and encouragement as well. So what I've noticed in just in confirmation of both of these things is that when I am leading worship specifically and I'm moving in that primary gift of music. It is without fail almost every time it's going to involve some level of intercession during that worship time. I might even share the gospel during that worship time. It may not be the whole thing, but it may be bits and pieces here and there. The Lord might lead me to share my testimony, you know, which is a point of encouragement. I believe that he he has for me to encourage people. And as far as other giftings being released during worship, I try to stay open to the Holy Spirit and go, you know what, God, just move on me however you want and move through me. I give you full control. 
And the more that I do that, the more power that I see him uh, flow. I see him flow through me to other people. And the way I know that is because they'll come up to me and say, wow, I really needed to hear that. You know, and so yeah. it's amazing how the Lord does do that. He'll release those giftings if you just say, God, look, I bring, I'm bringing you everything I have, and I want you to have control, and he will absolutely move when we do that. Truly, we were wonderfully and fearfully knit in the womb. Yes. What was the name of that test that you took, and is that something that people can find online, or where can people yeah. find that? Yeah, this one, uh, let's see, there was actually two different ones that I took, but it was spiritual gifts analysis test. It, you know, I can get that information to you as That'd far be great, as which yeah. one that it was. Um, and then I took another one as well, um, which gave me uh, pretty much the same results. But this one, this one was really definitely right on. And I know there's some people, maybe even some of our listeners who think, well, I don't have any spiritual gifts. What would you say to them and how would you encourage them to pursue what God knit in them that they might not even know that's there yet? Yeah, I would say just go to God. Um, God has called each one of us, and the Bible talks about the fact that each one of us, he's given us several gifts as he wills, you know, and I try not to get too hung up on what those are. It's good to kind of know, you know, what direction that you're going, but mm -hmm. I'll tell you what, if you'll just say, God, I want you to use me in any way you can, and I'll give you an example. When my mom was very sick and she was dying, she had gone into a point to where they couldn't wake her up, and I had gone down to Florida to see her, and I prayed the whole way going down to Florida, and when I got there, I didn't know this was going to happen. I just prayed on the way to the hospital, and when I got there, it's like the Lord showed me to lay hands on her, and I said, wake up, Mom, and she just sat straight up, and she goes, Cindy! Oh, wow. And I believe God gave me the gift of healing. There you at go. That for my mom and it was supernatural and let me tell you the nurses were coming in and saying wow oh jesus they were actually declaring the name of jesus <laughs> you know? and i was awesome. like that's right it's him because i prayed and did i know that i was going to have that gift right at that moment no i don't know that that means that i have that primary gift to walk around and do that i just know that if we will say god i don't care what been through by the way it doesn't matter god wants people who want to see him move through them to touch hurting people and oftentimes we're hurting too but that's okay we just go look god this hurts i'm in pain right now and the phone may ring and somebody says i need prayer and you feel like a weak nothing right at yeah. that moment but the anointing of God is on that. And, and, you know, and I've found myself at times just praying these on fire prayers when I felt so weak. He has gifts for all of us. And not just weak, but you sometimes you think to yourself, this just isn't the right time. I don't feel like doing this right now. Exactly. Yes. Because it intrudes on your agenda. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. <laughs> have you have you ever felt that? Absolutely. I, I can remember one time the Lord wanted me to share the gift of evangelism, share with a lady on my way on a ferry <laughs> in Charleston to Dewey's Island. And I just wanted to hang out and, you know, get some sun. Yeah. And the Lord spoke to me very clearly and told me to go over and talk to the girl that was up on the top deck with me. And I said, no, I'm enjoying this. But God made her get up out of her seat and come over and sit right next to me. And I said, I got it, God. Yeah. I got it. 
through my, you know, through my rebellion, seriously, God still brought her over. And we had the most wonderful conversation where I listened to everything she believed. And then she, I just, the Lord showed me, you just listen. And I listened. And then at the end of that, she said, now, what do you believe? And it was awesome. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It was just, yeah. That's what I call the spiritual two by four across the head. (laughs) (laughs) When was it that you left the group, the the cult? What year was it? Oh boy. Uh, I'm not good at that. I I don't know. (laughs) 2006, 2007, sometime around then, 2005? Probably. I think it, yeah, that sounds about right. It's been a while. Early early 2000. So about 13, 14 years later, you released in 2018 your first EP Mm -hmm. entitled Run to the Cross. So what were the things that God orchestrated in your life at that time? And what was the fire that was burning in you that you were like, yes, now is the time for me to release an EP? Well, it's when we moved to the mountains. You know, God spoke to my heart and he just showed me that um, as I was unpacking that he wanted me to get the songs that I'd written over the years together and start practicing them. And often God will direct me and give me a little light for the path. And that's about it. So that's all I knew start practicing the songs next thing you know he uh led me to copyright them and then uh ladies started encouraging me to make an ep so that's kind of the progression of how that happened but i will say this it did come out of uh, a really neat time of uh spiritual revival that i was going through personally with the lord and it didn't hurt that i was looking at the mountains every day you know, and I was yeah. seeing his creation and I was like, wow, God, you know, I was just in that place of, you know, the awe that you feel when you first come to know the Lord. It was like that, you know, and so it just it just made sense for me to go ahead and release it. And then when my dad died, my dad had come to the Lord before he died. and He left me a little bit of money and and it was enough to where I could put that toward the CD. And he be, he had become uh, very proud of my faith. after he came to the Lord. And I thought, this is the perfect thing to use the money for. So that's kind of what lit the fire for me. So God made the provision for you to release the CD. That is wonderful. That is wonderful just to hear that testimony. And I've heard that in so many cases, when it was time to release, God provided the money for it to happen. And the songs that you selected for that EP, what led you to choose the particular songs that you put on that one? And what was it that you were hoping that people would get from listening to this EP, Run to the Cross? Well, I think um, what I did is I just, you know, there were quite a few of them, I believe like 14, and I just kind of laid them out. I had a day bed overlooking the mountains, you know, in the sun porch, and I just kind of laid them out, and I just said, which ones? You know, and I just tried to listen, you know, to the small, still voice of the Lord, and then I practiced them. And um, I also got some confirmation, both from Rich and a couple of other people. Uh, are these the ones, you know, that I need to do? And once I got that, you know, kind of nailed down, that's when I did it. And I guess my hope for that was just that I've always had, ever since I came to know the Lord, because I had such a radical salvation, I've always had this intense desire to share my testimony with others. Mm-hmm. And for me, this CD or this EP was a way to do that it was a way for me to be able to share that god is real you know because if there's one thing that i want people to know more than anything is god really is real 
like he is more real sometimes than other people. And I know that that sounds a little bit cliche and I don't mean it to, I just mean that God is just very, very real to me. And I know that he's real to other people too, but it involves seeking him to find him in that way. And so, you know, for me, run to the cross was that testimony of, you know, my salvation, my walk with Christ, the fact that I can't wait for him to come back, you know, that kind of thing. And then also, meanwhile, I asked God, teach me to know you while I'm down here on earth. And that leads me to a track on your CD, mm-hmm. the EP, Run to the Cross. It's entitled teach me to know you. <laughs> mm-hmm. That song particularly caught my ear, I think, not only because of the lyrical content, but because of the orchestration behind it. It's a beautiful song because I see it in two parts. It starts out where you've got this very earthly sound, terrestrial sound with acoustic guitar at the forefront, just very common. And then all of a sudden it goes in a different direction it starts to sound very very ethereal and i was like oh that's deep i can i can catch on to that and i think i know where she was going with this but i want you to share with me and the listeners why do you have that transition that in that song where it starts very very acoustic very earthy sound and then transfers into the ethereal yeah this song is kind of interesting because I was going to originally do four songs on the EP, and then I asked the producer, is there any way I can end it with this prayer song, Teach Me to Know You? And he was very gracious, and he said yes. As far as that transition, I was just going to kind of, you know, keep it simple, just kind of sing through it once, and then, you know, that was going to be kind of the end of the EP. But amazingly, he took a real interest in it, and he got this other, uh, so Brad Rudolph, was uh, is the music producer from Falling Waters Recording Studio. And along with his talented friend, Mark Gross, the two of them somehow came up with that. And he was so excited to share that with me. But I was shocked at how beautiful it was. I could not believe what they came up with, with that orchestral sound and that shift. And I remember thinking, this is like a choir of angels all worshiping Jesus. That's what it sounds like to me. But also, I felt like it was a confirmation of the Lord saying that he was pleased with that heart cry. When we go to God and we go, look, I need you to teach me to know you. We're talking about a person. We're talking about God. Teach me to know you as a person. God loves that. I'm going to tell you, I, I could sense that. And when I heard that song, there was such an anointing on it. And I have to say, I can't take credit for that. That was all Brad Rudolph and Mark Gross who did that. To me, when I listen to that, it starts out with, again, you've got that earthy sound. You're crying out for God, teach me to know you. And then as you pray through that and pray into that, then you start to move into the ethereal level. You start to see mysteries of God open up in scripture and in your time with prayer that you never really knew were there or realized were there before. You begin to know him on a whole different level. And I really pray that for our listeners. I think in this time in the world's history of where we're at right now, that should be the heart cry of those who are believers. Lord, teach me to know you, because so much of what we've learned from the churches we were brought up in, from Western Christianity, there's truth there, but it's not 
to the degree or the depth of, of, of who Christ is. It's very superficial in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. It's just like, as the scripture says, we see through a glass rather dimly. It's a dark glass that we look through and we don't understand the full mysteries of God. And even in scripture, he says, you don't know the way that I work. <laughs> you just don't know mm-hmm. it. You don't even know how the baby is formed in the womb. How do you think you're going to figure me out? And just hearing that ethereal part, it's like, oh, wow, that just took me to a whole new level. And just as that's where God wants me, while I still have my feet planted on this ground of the earth, is understanding him at a whole different level while I'm still walking on earth until I see him face to face. That's what I got out of it. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) that's that's Glenn's two cents on that one. And for our (laughs) listeners, this is Cynthia Kay. Teach me to know you. So, Cynthia, what advice would you give our listeners who have maybe come out of an oppressive religious system that want to release their giftings and are maybe doubting their worth in God's kingdom? What advice would you give them to move forward and see fruit in their lives? Well, the first piece of advice that I would give is that, you know, it's important to know that no matter what you've been through, you 
are called by God. He wants to use you no matter how you feel, what you think about yourself, no matter how broken you are, by the way. You know, the scripture talks about that he has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before time began. So I would say to remember that you were called before your spiritual abuse. You were called by his calling, not what somebody else has told you is your calling necessarily, but God has called you to something and it was given to you. I would say that it's uniquely for you and also i think the enemy wants to tell us if we're broken in some area we can't be used with that calling and that is not true he absolutely can use you in great and mighty ways you know if you're broken before him and then realize that your calling may not look like somebody else's calling your calling may be completely different and that's okay and you guys are a great example of that you know you're doing what god has called you to do uniquely Um, And the other thing that I would say is to realize that God places a great value on you so much that he died for you. We know that scripture that he loved us and he gave us uh, his only begotten son that we would not perish, but that we would have eternal life with him. But I would say get a hold of your identity in Christ because you are valuable to God. You know, you are free from condemnation. You are chosen and appointed by Christ to go and bear fruit. You're justified through Christ's blood. You know, you're the fragrance of Christ. You are God's masterpiece. So think about this as an artist, okay? You are made in his image, but who is the master artist? Is it not God himself? So he has made you to be an artist and he can empower you to express your unique giftings as an artist because he is one. And then I would say to just, you know, recognize the lies of the enemy. Uh, You know, fear is your enemy. So I would say, if you know the Lord, rise up in the power of the Holy Spirit and reject fear. I mean, just ask God to increase your faith. You know, I think Satan wants to hold us back as artists because then we will not express God's beauty to others. And he hates it when we express creatively how beautiful God really is. So I would say step out in the power of the Spirit. Ask God to use you in great and mighty ways and know that he wants to use you. And then finally, I would say there are times that you just need to let go and let God love you. And I mean just raise your hands and go, you know what, God, I just need your love right now. And you may not feel like it because as artists, we have a lot of feelings that we go by. But I'm telling you, if you just raise your hands to God and you say, I just need to be loved right now, he will love on you and he will heal you if you're hurting. He wants to heal you and he will take those broken pieces and he'll mend them back together in a way that only he can do. And then he will use you in spite of what you're going through. What you just said a second ago, I want to go back to about how Satan hates artists. Mm -hmm. He, He really does. And I Mm -hmm. believe that there's a very significant reason as to why he hates artists and has done such damage in a lot of their lives and has taken the arts and tried to pervert them. It's that he was the artist at one time when he was Lucifer. So anytime, especially when somebody steps out in the gift of music, he comes in to do warfare against that. 
he does warfare against that person or he does warfare to bring them down an alley that they don't need to go down to, to entangle them, to destroy them and to Mm. potentially destroy anybody seeing God through the expression of the arts. And one of the things that I've gotten very excited about is seeing a redemption of the arts, because for me, I've seen for so long that which God has created has been held captive in Babylon and those treasures from Babylon he is bringing out so that he can be glorified. And wow, what timing for God to be glorified with everything that's going on in the world right now. It's, it's, very it's needed. True. I'm very, very, very excited, awesome. very excited about the restoration of the arts because everything artistically God created The only thing that the angel formerly known as Lucifer has done with the arts is perverted them. That's Mm -hmm. it. God has created everything. So, and for me, that's been very liberating in coming out of the organization that we were in because there were those Mm -hmm. things that you had to stay away from this, that, and the other thing, the whole list of rules, and then coming out and realizing, wait a minute, God created everything. What is it that God intended out of this? And what is the perversion of it? So, where can our listeners find your music? How can they listen to your EP? How can they purchase your EP? How can they go about doing that? Okay, so Run to the Cross is on Amazon Music. It's four ninety five for the whole EP or $0.99 cents for each individual song. So you just go to Run to the Cross and then type in Cynthia K. That's K-A-Y. And then I'm also on Spotify, YouTube, and iTunes. And if somebody who's listening to this podcast wants to reach out to you directly, how would they go about doing that? Because they might have some questions that we wouldn't be able to answer concerning how God's been been working in you and healing you. Sure. Um, they can just go to my website, which is CynthiaK.net. And I have a music page on there. And at the bottom of that music page, there's a contact form. If they want to fill that out, that'll shoot me an email and I'll be glad to get back with them. And what we'll do so that our listeners can get to that website a little bit easier, we will put your website link on our resources page on our website. We'll do a little right. do a little deal here. We'll put your uh, CynthiaK.net on our, our website, lithoscry, L-I-T-H-O-S-C-R-Y.com. And if you want to reach out to us, you can reach out to us at lithoscry, L-I-T-H-O-S-C-R-Y at gmail.com. And if you want us to forward something to Cynthia K, we can do that. Cynthia, thank you so much for being on the podcast with us. And we look forward to seeing what God is going to release through you in the near future. Do you have any plans for anything coming up soon? New music, oh, new releases? Oh, The only plan that I have is just knowing that it's going to be a great adventure. And the reason I know that is because God is a God who loves to take me through adventures. <laughs> so, I'm actually excited about that because I kind of don't know what all he's doing, you know, what he's got in store. But um, I just know that it's going to be good. And I know that it's going to draw me closer to him somehow and somehow I'm going to get to know him better. And that's exciting. And how he accomplishes that, um, I'm not so sure how that's going to look, but I'm okay with that. And I like how you answer that because a lot of people that I've been talking to that really have a heart towards the Lord right now, they're saying, 
I don't know what it's all going to look like. I don't know how it's all going to work out. I am just trusting the Lord right now. And that's a good place. That's a really good place to be in. Cynthia, thank you so much for being with us. And peace out and rock on, people. All right. Well, thank you so much for having me. And God bless y'all. Lithoscry.com.